The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. all sense of reality and enter another world. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 273. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Magnet Man himself, Colin Moriarty. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. You, you want to tell a story behind that? You were a kid, you used to run around with a Fisher-Price <laughs> magnet on your head to be Mag... That's true. Magnet That's true. Man from... Mega Man 3. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I used to. We had this. Fish, I don't know what it was. It was a Fisher Price magnet. It was huge. Yeah. Um, was it? I, it just looked like a magnet. It wasn't real. It wasn't like no. Really. It, was, it, well, it was like a real magnet, but it was like very weak. You know, okay, and it was okay, like okay. it had plastic around it on, on the outsides. Were you like running by, getting caught in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that? Wasn't that strong? Wrenching your neck. <laughs> but I used to t- after Mega Man Three came out, I got it for Christmas that year. So it was nineteen ninety, I guess. And then um, I used to take the magnet and uh, rubber band it to my head. Uh, you upside got a magnet down. for Christmas that was the gift. No, no, like it was just part. It was <laughs> here you go. Go get some scraps, son. I got Mega Man three for Christmas. And Stay away from the fridge. And I don't know this this, this out of context magnet that we had. I used to just rubber band it to my head and then run around uh, jumping all over the place, shooting my arm, my fake arm cannon and stuff like that. It was a very interesting childhood. Well, to your left is none other than the Dark Knight of News, Andrew Goldfarb. Hi. You're wearing glasses. Do you want to talk about this? I'm just wearing Colin's glasses. How do you like it? You look better. You look they're, they're you look sli- good. They're slipping off my face. Do you look better? You look good. <laughs> Insinuated. I mean, I would say you should so get I some glasses. I look like shit. Do you wear contacts normally? Or? No, no. Got the perfect vision. These are, make, these are making things a little blurry. It's kind yeah. of giving me a headache. Well, you're going to need glasses and contacts after this. Yeah, after wearing this. Uh, Powerhouse still dead. Still doesn't care about you. Remember that he abandoned you to go be a PC fan and now doesn't care about the podcast either. But in his stead, the beard in chief, Casey Lynch. What's going on? Not much, Casey. How are you? I'm really good. Making your, your thunderous return to Podcast Beyond. That's right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. First day back in the office. Sorry, we're a day late. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. If you didn't know, you're listening to Podcast Beyond, IGN's PlayStation Podcast, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, even though currently the the Mac will not stop telling me that I need to log in with new information for the Wi-Fi here, <laughs> even though I keep canceling it and saying, I don't care. It insists. It's, it's insisting <laughs> upon itself. Can't you just turn off Wi-Fi? I, could I do that in Goldfarm? At the, at the very top. I use an iPhone. I don't use so this. At, at the very yeah, top. Uh, on, turn uh, off Wi-Fi? Done. Yeah. There it is. It's yep. not searching no more. Not searching no more. Now I use can't leave. <laughs> first day back. How's it been going for everybody? How's, how's the first day back in the office? I brought donuts. You did. You did bring donuts. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to wake up. I, I slept yeah. a lot on the on the break, so I'm not used to waking up at a normal human being's time. It's 2.25 p.m. How, how's that working out? <laughs> trying to wake up at 2.25 p.m. That's about right. <laughs> 
I'm due for another cup of coffee after this. Yeah. 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 Well, you spilled one in the PlayStation conversation we did not earlier. I didn't spill it. I poured it out for my mm. homie, the PlayStation 2. You spilled it out. Okay. That's, that's better. Uh, yeah, things are fine. A lot of uh, emails to answer today. We're just deleting them all. <laughs> I told you my, my resolution this year is not I'm not sending any more emails to anyone. Uh, That's a snail mail. We got some videos in the works. We have an exclusive that we're working on with Sony right now, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have more information on that soon. Uh, do, you, do you feel rejuvenated? Over uh, the break, we both made a point not to work. Yep. Yeah. I didn't work over the which is very unique for us because we we don't like to step away. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even when we're supposed to step away. A lot of people tweeting us stuff. The PlayStation 2's discontinued. We're like, too bad. We got, I got a DC Universe here. Colin's making sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, I think we both made a point to, to do what we never do, which is to step away. Yep. Um, and uh, I feel rejuvenated. I feel ready. I have a lot of ideas. I was raring to go in a sense because mm-hmm. I had all these things that I kind of wanted to do. But, you know, marinating on them is only going to make them stronger. And go. so, uh, yeah, so the, the, some of the news had to wait. That's okay. Uh, we got you know the things up today the PS2 for instance and uh, well actually our yeah. our crack news editor Casey Lynch was he, he wrote like five <laughs> stories over the break sitting in my pajamas yeah no that was great and so is that what you did over break Casey uh, well, I did lots of things mostly uh, just all that revolved around my kids yeah um, you know Christmas <laughs> presents playing lots of uh, Minecraft lots of Mario Wii U uh, and I wrote some stories there was I mean rockstar posted five new gta screens on christmas eve at about eight o'clock at night like what asshole what, yeah. what are you thinking rockstar i mean please <laughs> jerks tell um, us about their game and then there's news that uh dead space 3 would get a co-op demo and yeah. mm-hmm. uh xbox live uh subscribers get it a week early if they log into some website and <laughs> then, we then uh well yeah walking dead was free yeah uh episode one was free uh up until actually it's not anymore i think it, it stopped being free yesterday and then tomb raider Oh, yeah. Tomb Raider multiplayer was announced. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. And uh, we're actually going to look at that next week. Look at that. Lots yeah. of stuff. Lots of stuff. We're all back. We're all excited to be mm-hmm. back. We are. That's good. Well, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Yes, 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 yes. That was a good one. Yeah, that was. We're back. We had the low-key Christmas <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Now we're back. Yeah, when I did dishes during the middle of the podcast. Yeah, yeah like, I got, this is annoying me. You just got up and did dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. It was bothering me. Uh, there are five items on the list this week. Uh, instead of making the list as I usually do, I, I kind of just pulled them up on my phone um, because the list is just not as robust as it once uh, was. The video game industry in general, getting back on track, getting the mm. engines going. Uh, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Um, so where, where do we start? Let's start with the biggest news. Uh, PlayStation 2 production ceases in Japan. Yes. Story reads as such by Colin Moriarty. That's me. Sony's PlayStation 2, the best-selling gaming console of all time, has seen its final days in native Japan. After over 150 million pieces of hardware sold over a period ranging nearly 13 years, Sony has revealed that production of the console has ceased in Japan. Um, Develop Online is reading Famitsu. That's the source of the article. And they say that uh, Sony told the nation's retailers that it will not deliver any more PS2s for sales in stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reached out to Sony today to kind of verify if this uh, this kind of stops production around the world. Obviously, I think the PS2s are probably all produced in China, so um, you assume that it's uh, it's worldwide, but uh, sure. our friend Al at uh, Sony's going to get back to us on that. Uh, just real quick, uh, interesting stats that I actually brought up when Casey was giving the morning meeting today. Um, as of 2011, early 2011, uh, 10,828 individual titles released for PlayStation 2. Uh, 1.5 billion plus software units sold, which is about 135,000 per game. So good selling games on PS2. Yeah. Best selling game is still San Andreas. PS2 is the best selling console of all time. I want people to be clear because some of the people are mad at, at, at uh, the comments. DS has sold more than PS2. No one calls DS a console. It's a handheld. So uh, it is the best selling. PlayStation is in second place at 102 million. Wii is right there. I'm sure we'll eventually pass PS1. 
uh, at 98 million. Well, now that they got that Canadian 99 Wii U, out that's, there, that's what they're all talking. over. That's yeah. what they were waiting Push for. Push them over the edge. That's what most of the nursing homes were doing. Uh, Big Tony Style <laughs> writes into Beyond at IGN.com. He says, with the PlayStation 2 stopping production, I thought it would be fun for the Beyond crew to share some of their favorite PS2 memories. Because we did we did a PlayStation conversation today, kind of somber. Mm-hmm. Kinda, you know, you got saying goodbye to this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We remember the price drop a few years back, and we were like, "Why the hell would anybody care about this?" But now that there's they're stopping making them, even though I haven't thought or seen a PlayStation Two in a store in a long time. Right, it's sad. I, guess. I haven't played a PlayStation. The last time I played a PlayStation Two mm-hmm. was when Wild Arms Four came out. And that was... That came, you didn't review or do anything guide-like or anything? Not on PS2. Well, Manhunt was the only PS2 guy I wrote after I got hired, and that was before Wild Arms. So mm-hmm. I reviewed Wild Arms, I think, and that was that's Exceed's first published game, as far as I understand. Okay. And uh, a, a very late PS2 game that almost didn't make it to the States. But like we said on, on PlayStation Conversation today, the, my favorite story is still bought, like getting a PS2 when it came out. And like I said on the video, not to reiterate, because you know the story that... You know, I'm sure you guys you guys remember, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners remember that PS2s were rare, and a lot of stores wouldn't sell them unless you bought a game, a memory card, a warranty, and an extra controller. And so, my mom uh, bought me one for my, like right after my birthday in October of 2000, uh, and it was my birthday present, my Christmas present, and my next year's birthday present. Um, you rolled and, big on that one, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a, a roll worthy. <laughs> Of oh, the yeah. PlayStation 2. Yeah, I had to fight so hard to get a PS2 because I had just gotten a Dreamcast a year before. And so, like, wanting another console a year later, my dad wasn't super happy about. Um, man, for me, though, some of my best PS2 memories are like, Guitar Hero. Like, I mean, just sitting mm-hmm. around with people playing Guitar Hero for, like, hours and hours and hours. Because, like, I still played it once it came to 360 and everything. But, God, I don't know. That, that console is so amazing. Like, for because I had amazing single-player experiences. I had, like, amazing party game experiences. Like, it kind of nailed it. And you had such great SOCOM parties. Yeah. You had great online experiences. SOCOM, yeah. Me and Poe bought SOCOM and the damn adapter and the headset. We played like once. I'm like, I can't even figure this out. I don't know. It happened. was so complicated. You had to unscrew the thing yeah. on the back of the PS2. and Holy shit. Those were the days. Mm. Case. PS2 memories. PS2, uh, I would say San Andreas. Mm, yes. Um, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hours I've logged playing that. Um, the last game that I actually beat on PlayStation 2 was uh, God of War 2. So um, that's probably like my last big memory of PlayStation 2. So it's been a while since I've oh, yeah, spent yeah. time with it's the been little a black while. box. <laughs> well, it's been a while. Uh, for me, it was, you know, I, in the PlayStation conversation, I talked a lot about the launch and camping out for it. That's for sure a cherished memory. But, you know, I bought, I bought it obviously at launch 2000 and then took it to college in 2001. And so that was like, I was, that was still rare to see people with PlayStation 2s. So like on, in my dorm room, I think on the floor, I was like one of the only PlayStation 2s and the other was just a pothead. So he never had, it. so I had my door open all the time. And so, like, people would come in, and, like, when GTA came out, people would just come in and sit on my floor while I played GTA, and we would drive around and listen to Chatterbox. That's all they wanted to hear was Chatterbox or run over a hooker or whatever. But then when uh, when I came back, I remember oh, we, yeah. we in in our hall, me and my friend were big SmackDown fans. And so, like, we actually bonded when I was going to class one day, and I left my room, and I heard the SmackDown 2 music coming from his room. I'd never met him, and I ran into his room. I was like, you play SmackDown, I play SmackDown! Ah! Like, all right, cool. <laughs> And so when like, who the hell are you? Yeah, when Just Bring It came out, SmackDown Just Bring oh, It, the geez. first PlayStation Two version of uh, the SmackDown series, I brought that back in like Hatch Dormitory at Mizzou, shut down. Like everyone came in there. We had this piece of loose leaf paper that had everyone's like records against each other. Like we had all these like complicated things drawn up. Those were the days. Those were the days. It was simpler then. Yeah. yeah also, was the, that was a generation I think more than any other where I was splitting my time between a lot of different consoles because i was playing the game i played the most that generation is rainbow six three on xbox mm, and okay. and i pl- i played the shit out of that game uh so and gamecube had a lot of great exclusives too it was before the, these online ecosystems kind of started to separate people and kind of uh, 
elicit playing more one console because you want to get the trophies, you want to have the experience, you want to see what your friends are doing, all those kinds of things. It was kind of like in the in the you know that 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 era where Xbox was really the only console that was doing it. And I used to play with the guys here, um, Rainbow Six Three. I uh, got a copy of it. I remember walking in Boston through the snow to get a copy, and and uh, and I remember the first time I played Hillary and Jeremy. I played with Hillary Goldstein and Jeremy Dunham, and Hillary shot me in the back of the head in the, in the first game that I played, and I was like, a sniper got me or something. But they actually were they were actually, they were actually killing me in the beginning. <laughs> That's something you'll already now, do. Now, another interesting PlayStation 2 story is um, that was the beginning of the DVD era. So I remember yeah. very clearly watching The Matrix like 5,000 times sure. on yeah. PlayStation 2. Yeah. And, you know, that was to DVDs what the PlayStation 1 was to CDs and, and sort of that, cultu- that cultural jump to be able to have that. And even showing my parents, I remember the first time, right. like, hey, you can watch a movie and you can just jump right to a scene. Yeah. You don't have to rewind it. And just thinking, wow, this There's is There's these like- things called Easter eggs. Yeah. And if you can find them, they light <laughs> up and give you some commentaries. Yeah, yeah. it was just... You, you knew you sort of were at the beginning of this totally different thing. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. I mean, that for sure, like we talk about, you know, make, we make fun of the launch lineup a lot. You know, we're like, oh, Smuggler's Run and Madden and Silent Scope and then the Oni bouncer. came out. And like we did wait for a long time for like Metal Gear really, for you know, and for GTA. Like, yeah, for those, like, GTA and Animusha and Metal Gear were yeah, like the games. Yeah, they I came first... like a year later or whatever. But it's, it was all a DVD player. And that's what I was telling the story on this that I worked a, I worked a Walmart job, right? Because this is going to be my first purchase on my own. Like, so I worked at Walmart for a summer and told my mom straight up when I got the job, I'm like, I'm putting money aside and i showed her what the figure for the playstation was and all the stuff i was gonna buy i'm like this is what's happening with some of this money she's like all right so i'd worked there forever and i hated walmart so much that when i would leave walmart i would go to suncoast video or best buy or whatever and i would go in and buy every week or so i'd buy a dvd and then i would just put it on my shelf and stare at it from summer to october when i could finally play it on my playstation 3 like i finally cracked it that day october 27th when i came home and was ready wow. to play yeah i think my first dvd was mall rats if i remember correctly yeah and i just remember it blew my mind that there yeah. was so much on it that i could do yeah exactly i was such a mall rats fan all, all yeah. the commentaries Ben I have, Affleck from Phantoms. DVDs were funny because I had I have like a great DVD collection from like late 2000 until like 2003. Yeah. Because I used to buy the, I had like road trip and shit yep. like that. Every, you know, like, everyone has road trip. Like, like, you know, and, and signs and all these weird. And I'm like, why am I buying all these DVDs? Now they just sit in a box. Yep. Yeah, I, I keep talking about going to sell mine. Damon did it a few years ago and I should have done it with him because he went to Amoeba and traded in all his DVDs and got like $200. Oh, yeah. $200 I, right before I left New York, I sold my entire like gigantic DVD collection. It's one of those so things. Now it's just, uh, now I refuse to, I don't want it. I want everything yeah. digitally. I want everything just yeah. on the go. And they're kind of worthless now too. Like we were, mm-hmm. uh, we were on eBay just looking at stuff and we thought, oh, we have all these old, like we've got the Sopranos, we've got Battles yeah, yeah. of Galactica, all these different things that, you know, it's just all on Netflix now and you try and sell them on eBay and they're you know, five dollars for what yeah. you would have previously spent. You know, fifty bucks on. Yeah, those boxes. Those HBO well. ones, especially. Like I remember, every HBO show came out at a hundred bucks, and I was like, "Oh, do I really want season six point five of The Sopranos? Right, 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 just right. the second part." It's such a weird. Yeah. It's been such a weird shift to this digital infrastructure. And everything. Like the other day, I tweeted about how. Uh, I saw Zod from Smallville in some dumb show I was watching, and that made me want to go watch Smallville from start to back. And Joey Espos- and I have, as people know, because I lost that bet with Clements, I have all, I have the entire box set of Smallville <laughs> on my thing there. And Joey Esposito tweeted, I keep waiting for them to add it to Netflix. And I went, oh my God, can you imagine? And then I was like, because I'm too lazy to get up <laughs> and get the DVD and put it in the system and then switch it out when I want to play games. Yeah, that enormous box of discs. Tom Welling just staring at us every day. I love it. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Uh, Jake writes in to beyond at IGN.com, just like you can and should and says sony recently said recently that's that's not a gregism that sony recently said recently that they are just now stopping production shipping of the playstation 2 in japan do you think the playstation 3 or any other current gen system for that matter will enjoy a similarly long life cycle 
Well, yes. that's Sony's whole thing, right? They they want every. They said even the Vita is going to have their ten year life cycle. Yeah, they, they always talk about the ten years life cycle. I mean, to their credit, they did it with PS2 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wait, and beyond that, Ooh, yeah. Um, but I mean, PlayStation Three only has what four more years. Yeah, it, yeah, we say it like yeah, ten years is so long. Yeah, you're yeah. almost there. Right, yeah. three now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah oh it's it's God. it's crazy. I mean, the one thing we we the one thing we talked about in the PlayStation conversation, which is I think important to understand with PS2, in a sense, is that the burgeoning economies of like certain countries supported PS2 long after a lot of people stopped playing it or whatever. And we talked about South America, like Sony's got like a huge presence down there now that they didn't have uh, during the PS2 era, and so a lot of things were coming to those kinds of countries late. Um, and I'm not sure that that kind of uh, you'll have that kind of sustained growth with PlayStation Three. Yeah. Um, Especially because we're probably a month or two away, at the, you know, for PS4. It's one of those things. You, if you if you don't remember, if you weren't into video games, you're too young to remember. Like when new consoles launched, the old consoles supported still for like a year, especially on like cross-platform stuff where there's like four versions of Madden. You don't know, you know, there's, there's going to be this Wii U one. There's going to be PS2. Then there's or not PS2, but PS3. And then there'll be this Orbis one. They're going to be all over the map, have different features and stuff as people try to get a hang of the system and what's happening. And then of course. For, you know, it's a business. Obviously, these publishers are putting out games trying to make money, so they're going where there's an install base. That's why we, you know, always talk about, you know, when in the beginning, if you ported something to PS3 and it didn't work, nobody cared because it worked on the system that everybody had. So why care about this minority? Yeah, and yeah. and I think that this generation, the overlap with PS2 and PS3, reminded me most of NES and SNES because. You know, SNES came out in 91 or whatever, but then, you know, Mega Man 5, Mega Man 6 still came out on NES, uh, Yoshi's Cookie, like, all these games that were actually pretty big came out, like, you know, games were released on NES until 1994, so, um, and even later than that, if you're talking about third-party, like, religious games and, and things of this nature. Yeah, I think um, it'll, so. that overlap period will only get bigger, too, because, like, I mean, you saw it this gen, like, you had, like, your Twilight Princess was on both, and you had, what was it, Call of Duty 2 was on uh, Xbox and on Xbox 360, and I, I think you'll definitely see all that again. I think it's fair to say, though, that PlayStation 2 is very unique in that it's lasted as long as it has. Oh, sure. I mean, sure, yeah. that there's been there was crossover with NES to Super NES, but um, there really hasn't been anything like this uh, where the PlayStation something like the PlayStation 2 has endured for s- such a long time. Yeah, sure. I think even wasn't it NBA 2K13 like the most recent one also had a PS2 version? It was no. maybe maybe really 12. I think not it, not 13. Maybe it was, it was on PSP yeah. too. We yeah, yeah talking, it was on we PSP too. Exactly. Before the break, we were talking about a PS2 game that was coming out. What was it? I don't remember what it was. One of the sports games. Yeah, I mean, I, the show, the, this year, for instance, the show, which is internally developed, this is the first year they didn't put it on PS2 okay. because they were saying yeah. that they were still selling like 100 or 150,000 units on PS2 as of like 2011. Because when the 360 <laughs> got announced uh, during the first year, um, games came out on both platforms. But I think it like 2006 was the last year that Madden came out for mm-hmm. uh, right, Xbox right. 360. And then so within that first year, everything was gone. No more Xbox. So I think it's smart it, to abandon the old console personally. But... Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, PSP. Yeah, well, that was abandoned a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo's doing that with DS too. Like the most recent Pokemon came out on regular DS from 2004, which is just crazy to think about. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you'll still see support for PS3 for a while. To answer the original question, like I, I think that'll that'll definitely last for at least another year or two. Third, third party support, yeah. yeah. First party, I think, is definitely in this. I think oh, the last course, will be the last first party game, probably. Yeah, that's well, huge one. There'll be something stupid. Oh, like from like London or Cambridge. Yeah, or something. so there'll be another move party collection. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, that's Wonderbook, true. Yeah. yeah, Wonderbook actually is its own platform, and it's yeah. selling like hotcakes. I'm sure. So, I don't know about that. I saw one in the wild the other day. Oh, really? I was at Target, and it was just it like it wasn't even behind like you know they have games behind glass with the locks. This was just like sitting on a countertop. It was just Wonderbook, the whole thing. <laughs> I just picked it up. I'm like, oh, neat. Put it down. <laughs> it exists. It's real. Hopefully, we'll hear more about it at E3. 
Colin Campbell mm-hmm. needs to do something about it. He was tweeting about it, playing with his kids. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it's I'm sure it's fine. It's just not our thing. Yeah. Also, when Casey mentioned 2013 earlier, I just realized the rent check I wrote a couple hours ago said 2012. On nice. <laughs> That's gonna happen for the next bounce week or so. city. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on? Yeah. What do you got for me on the report? Uh, let's do Tomb Raider multiplayer. Uh, this story is by Casey Lynch. It says. Square up and comma. <laughs> Square Enix's upcoming Tomb Raider game will feature multiplayer confirmed Crystal Dynamics global brand manager Carl Stewart today via Twitter. Uh, no other details were given, only that the upcoming issue of official Xbox magazine will have details on quote new modes and info on when you'll be uh, on who you'll be playing as. I'm sorry. End quote. Um, so yeah, we we went Casey and I and a few other people were talking about it on on Twitter a little bit uh, during the break. Uh, we can't help but chime in even during vacation about the gaming news. Uh, yeah, Casey, I know you, you're 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 kind of taking a wait and see approach to the Tomb Raider as we, I think we all should, and as opposed to kind of writing it off immediately or anything like that. Well, yeah. So I, I saw uh, Carl Stewart, who's one of the brand directors on the Tomb Raider franchise, tweeted out and say, "Yes, it's true, multiplayer's coming." And so I wrote up the story, I tweeted it, and there was this sort of immediate backlash where all of a sudden it just seemed like fair game to hit on Tomb Raider. And we don't really have any details. We don't know if it's going to be sort of your standard kind of cut and paste deathmatch, capture the Laura or whatever it might be, I don't know, um, sort of thing. Or who knows what they have in mind. I mean, do you remember the, the, the response to Assassin's Creed multiplayer, say, for instance, uh, and how great it was when Brotherhood came out and how surprised I think everybody was? Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're actually going to be going down to Crystal Dynamics later this week to check it out and get some hands-on time with it. And I believe that our preview and some new video will go live next week. So uh, until we know what it is, I don't think it's really fair for us to all of a sudden say, hey, well, I'm going to cancel my pre-order or I hate Tomb Raider or something. Yeah, it was an interesting, in in a way, disheartening day of that. Because it was one of the things I saw the the tweet from Carl, and then I saw your story, and I clicked on it for more details, and there weren't any. I was like, okay, so that's all we know. Great. And it was like... For me, that was where it ended. It's like, what do I want to say? I don't know what I'm getting into. And I, I, I held back on tweeting about it and getting involved. It was just, for me, the thing was that Tomb Raider looks awesome. Like, everything we've seen for Tomb Raider looks awesome. I can't wait for that game. So why wouldn't I trust them with this? You know what I mean? It was one of those things where, I, it, when Naughty Dog was like, oh, we're going to do Uncharted multiplayer. It's like, all right, cool. You guys know what you're doing. Now, in the same breath, I guess, I, it will, it, but it's when you see it that you're allowed to hate it, I think. When we saw Dead Space, we were like, I was like, this is bad. This is not going to, in the review, I was like, you know, this doesn't work or whatever. And same thing for when we first saw Mass Effect and it was barely running or whatever. Yeah, Mass Effect was running like trash. And then when you changed your tune when you reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's fair. I mean, what I said on Twitter, and I I think it's it's apt, is that there's an argument always about resources and and development versus like the, the end product and what you get. And even though, you know we get these robust titles like Uncharted 2, which was an amazing game that also included multiplayer. I can't help but wonder, and the same thing with Tomb Raider, even if different teams are doing it, even if they outsource it, like some teams do to just totally different studios, like they did, I think, with Bioshock 2, right? Yep. Um, That you can't help but wonder, it's like, okay, a single-player game like Tomb Raider, that's a single-player game to me. You know, except for maybe, what was Underworld, I guess, had multiplayer, right? Something like that. No, Guardian of Light. Guardian of Light. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like, would I rather have a multiplayer mode that's great Totally fine, not really into multiplayer games personally, so I'm probably not going to play it even if it's good. Uh, or would I rather have two more hours of a campaign, or just a sharper, better campaign, a 9.5 instead of a 9.0? I think those are arguments that are reasonable to make when resources are everything and development teams are under the gun. And so, 
Um, I can't help but wonder, you know, what splitting of your resources to get multiplayer in really, like we were talking about, to stop people from selling your game back and to keep you engaged so you buy DLC and stuff like that, which is why they're doing it. More power to them. But I want the single player portion of the game. Like you said, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 had really fun multiplayer, but I don't care about it. You know, like, yeah. uh, and I would rather, I like the single player game. So I would, I just want more of that. And the same thing with Mass Effect 3, which was surprising. It reminded me a lot of, you know, when we all sat down and played Gears of War 3 and that was a great game. And Horde mode was awesome in that game. And Mass Effect 3 was kind of similar in a sense, not quite as deep, I don't think. It was fun, but I didn't want to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, I would rather have five more hours of campaign. So I think that that is a reasonable argument. But, but we think, can't judge the multiplayer itself. But I always feel like we're being so... It's one of those things where I think... I, I've never heard a developer say that's the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think we look at it from as outsiders who don't know how to make games. And it seems black and white to us that it's, you know... A minus B equals C or whatever. And I don't know if that's really what the resource trade-off is. I mean, and I don't know either way. I'm not saying you're wrong. In my eyes, it's just never a bad thing to have that option, right? Because as much as you're not interested in it, there are people who are. Like, like oh, God, Bioshock 2's multiplayer did nothing for me. But there are people who loved it and played it religiously. And, you know, like uh, like you were saying, you know, the Assassin's Creed uh, multiplayer is is outsourced. That's all Ubisoft, Annecy, or whatever, uh, even for 3, was doing that separately. So it's like, it doesn't take away in those cases... Um, I, I think Crystal Dynamics. We don't know. We don't know if there's a separate team doing the multiplayer or if if maybe Carl's doing it by away. himself. Yeah, probably. He's just using the old. It's tic tac toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so our story on the Tomb Raider multiplayer is going to go live next week, but we do so, know some details. Um, we're pretty sure that it is a separate team, and it's something that was planned from the beginning. So, when we're talking about like splitting resources, um, essentially what we're talking about is sort of a mix of time and money. We're not necessarily talking about the team that's down mm-hmm. in in Redwood saying, okay, you know, 15 of you guys need to stop working on single player and go work on a multiplayer suite. Um, I think that the, the, the fairer question to ask instead of, is it going to be any good, is why are they doing this? And I think that I, I would like to hear that from the developer. Sure. And, you know, those are the questions that we're going to yeah, ask when yeah, we yeah. see it. Um, you know, and, and one would hope that there has to be some motivation to say, we think Tomb Raider as a single player product is going to be amazing but we decided having talked about it and brainstormed and put all of our brains together that this is going to be you know something that the game has to have meaning if it shipped without this it would be a lesser product if that's the case and that's what they believe in and that's what they're going to be putting out then i'm interested in seeing it where i think the skepticism comes from is we've all seen examples uh where that isn't the case where instead there's uh, you know, you play a game like Fear. When Fear first came out, it was this stark, visceral single-player experience, and then all of a sudden, now it's you know becomes this sort of multiplayer uh, sh- shooter um, kind of rote um, experience. And, and, and maybe Fear's not the best example, but there's there's so many games where Superman sixty four. Uh, not that one either. <laughs> they didn't need multiplayer. Why am I in a bunch of spaceships? They didn't need green fog. Um, <laughs> You know, where where you just you feel like okay, um, I'm never gonna touch this. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, right. and then you see that effect too. Uh, a month after the game comes out, and you log into a server, and you can't even get a match because yep. people just aren't playing it. And yeah. that's why it's annoying when they make like a trophy for that. It's like, oh, play oh, ten multiplayer yeah, rounds, and you can't even connect to anybody but, anymore. But I mean, the idea that that there's separate teams working on these, I mean, that's pretty much standard practice now. I mean, Bioshock sure. Two, the multiplayer is handled by Digital Extremes. Yep. Um, and even like Halo Four, a lot of the multiplayer stuff is handled by Max Hoberman and his team at Certain Affinity. So I mean, you've got AAA games that um, you know are known for their multiplayer experience, where they have uh, stuff being farmed out. Same thing with Call of Duty. Um, you've got multiple teams working on this stuff. So it always is a question of resources. The other side of it, too, is uh, for the game itself to be successful, it just has uh, that much more it has to make up. If they spend X amount extra on multiplayer, they're going to have to bring in that much more for yeah. it to you know, be in the black and possibly get a sequel. 
Yeah, I think that's that's that risk. That's that fine line that they're walking. You know, when when the publishers like we really want you guys to add multiplayer, you know, because it can it has X percentage potential to make that much more. Is that worth offsetting that much extra cost put into that multiplayer mode? Man, it's it's crazy to think like I, I wonder if it truly does prevent people from trading in those games. Like, do you really think Bioshock 2 wasn't traded in because of that multiplayer mode? Or do you think it would have been better without it? Bioshock 2? No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think but I mean, you're talking about I don't think it's 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 a, it's a Band-Aid, right? Like they're right. just trying to keep you from trading it in in that first month so that when you go to buy the game, there's only new copies. You right, figure right. That, that's all these things are. Or, yeah, I shouldn't say all these things are. But it's one of the, you know, that's what they're looking at as far as margins of error, right? All those games are probably going to get traded in eventually, right? Everyone will trade in their games ever. That's an eventuality. We know that. <laughs> but it's one of the, you know, you just need to stop it and you need to have that guy oh you want this new we have it used for five dollars less well yeah i i when bioshock 2 came out even dead space 2 i don't even know if that was so much the thing as as much as it is nowadays i mean look at spartan ops with halo and sorry i know it's playstation no that's fine uh, but um you know trust me you should hear some of the shit clements talks (laughs) (laughs) guild wars diablo or k-pop and his laundry (laughs) sorry guys um no but uh like, like Halo 2 and their, their idea of Spartan Ops and this new content that comes out every single week. I mean, that seems to me a more aggressive uh, way to try and get people to hold on to a disc as opposed to um, a potential throwaway multiplayer. And for that, and like that, I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed Halo 4. And I don't It's one of those things that makes me want to hold on to my copy. Like, I, I think that's an awesome idea. That when you're like, that's the thing that I would rather them do. Spartan Ops is, you know, for sure, every time a new story entry. That's what I want. I wish that Uncharted. If they didn't do – if Uncharted's reasoning for multiplayer, not above all, but was one of them, yeah, we want people from keep them from trading in. I would much rather than them give me every six months a uh, two-hour Sully story yes, that I'm just right. going through and playing as Sully. Well, I would much that, rather have that. That's what's so funny about Bioshock 2 because Minerva's Den is probably the best standalone Bioshock story that's ever been released. And it's like this incredible piece this, of DLC. But like it, it's funny that that came later when like that's so much more appealing to right. me than the, the multiplayer mode that it shipped with. Yeah, And that may very well be what this multiplayer is with Tomb Raider. It may be this kind of episodic content. We, we awesome. don't know. That'd be awesome. And that, that's where I think, you know, when we were yeah. talking on Twitter, uh, you and I, Colin, and a bunch of the other guys, uh, it was a little bit like, guys, you know, let's – Let's just find out what it is. I mean, it could be co-op. It could yeah. be like a crazy Tomb Raider MOBA. I have no idea. Yeah. It could be total shit too. As well. so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. It, it, when I think back to like GTA 4, the multiplayer for me did nothing for me. And then when I sat down and played it, I was like, this is crazy. Like having that entire open world to play. But that's not what kept me coming back to that game. But yeah, know? for me, it was like they promised episodes from, not episodes right, exactly. from Liberty, but they promised, you know, the motorcycle and they promised Gate yeah, Tony. Yeah, it was yeah. like, yes. And even Dead Space did that where they're like, you know, we're going to have all this multiplayer, yada, yada, yada. But there's going to be more story content down there. That's all I ever want from stuff like that. If yeah. it's a great game. It's funny how much Dead story Space. DLC will pull me back in. You Arkham know, like, City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went back to Arkham City to play the Harley Quinn stuff. Yeah, I think Rockstar nailed it. Obviously, with Undead Nightmare, like that was an yep. awesome idea. Yes, give me more. Uh, if you, it's and just promise that at launch, be like in six months, in six months or a year, we're going to put out this, you know, X, Y, and Z, and it'll be red. Yep, they did that with Eleanor as well. And to be fair with Rockstar, <laughs> I mean, I, Eleanor oh, was a little madness, more, but still a good idea. Still a good idea. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Like with GTA 4, I mean, nobody at that point, if you remember back then, nobody had played a multiplayer GTA game like yeah, that. Right. Um, and so there were so many people that were skeptical, like, oh, this is total BS. And, uh, and I mean, while it didn't do like Call of Duty numbers, I mean, people, people we, still We still talk about it. it. Yeah. 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 But the love pr- that. And the, same thing with Red Dead. The weird thing is that like Damon and I talk about it on GameScoop a lot, but we always talk about literally like the, our only two nights with it. 
of where it was like, hey, have you ever flown the helicopter? No. You're flying the helicopter. And you get <laughs> everybody would crash it on their first time. But like we did the bank yeah, robbery you mission. Steer it. You did the bank robbery mission or whatever, and then you were just done. It was like, all right, cool. See you. Like that. There's yeah. such a weird balancing act, or I, and I don't, and maybe it's because we're old. I think I sometimes wonder if it's because we're old. Like people who grow up on multiplayer games, like Call of Duty, every are always seem so. Oh yeah, I'll jump in and I'll do this and I'll play forever. You know, what I mean, they will literally sit there and play forever. Whereas we seem to be like, all right, cool. This is all right. I'm not. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like I had. I don't want to say an aversion, but just a preference to playing like with other people, even when I was young. Just because it was like when you played Mario or something, or Super Mario World, like one of the great games of all time. Uh, be like, hey, let's. Uh, I'm playing Luigi. You play Mario. <laughs> you can just go home and play it as Mario, and I'll just go home and play it as Mario, and then we can just play it. Like you know, the, like so. I've always kind of been like to me to me <laughs> gaming. Like to little Colin with his arms crossed and magnet on his head. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, it was always like you know, I had like you know, I liked playing outside with other, I, like, play, I played hockey you know like all the you know those, and, then, and then and then yeah play go in the woods and play red dawn and throw, and throw pine you know pine cone grenades uh but yeah so i i feel like it's something that's derived from childhood for me where it's just like i like playing games by myself and so that's always going to be i guess my preference you know and yeah. when i see something like that threatens my single player world view <laughs> you know then i start to get threatened so you wouldn't be in favor of like uh like Fallout or Elder Scrolls going like co-op multiplayer or anything like oh, that? Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I like the option. I mean, we, we, what we always talk about is Greg and I is Dead Space 3. Like, um, yeah. And like how, you know, I just don't understand the move to co-op, but as long as they preserve the single player mode as if you if you want to play it by yourself. In other words, I don't want to be pigeonholed and have to, having to play something the way I don't want to play it um, for a product that I expect that I can play it the way I want to play yeah. it. Of course, it's their game and they can do what they want with it. I'm not going to tell them otherwise. But. A Fallout game with other people and it gets me so excited. especially. Really? Yeah, uh. it, but it gets me excited from DC Universe Online where you can play through the whole thing by yourself if you want, but then if you run into something that's really hard, you run into a mutant Goliath or whatever you know, out in the wasteland and you need help, I can ask you to come join me or we. I can I see other people well, fighting and join in with them. That's yeah. the Borderlands formula. Yeah, like absolutely. I think Borderlands proves, you know, I know a lot of people just did not like it single player like i know mitch hated single player loved it multiplayer like yeah. it was totally separate for him but like for me that that proved that 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 is the proof of concept to me that is like how that can work beautifully that you can play like i've i'm like well over 100 hours into borderlands and probably like 75 percent of that i spent alone but when i wanted to be playing with people yeah. it was awesome so like i think you have it both ways but for me it's like it's always been two very separate things like i want to play follow up by myself but like oh my god in college uh call of duty 4 when that came out that was like that was the only like modern warfare game where i like prestige and i just kept playing i probably sunk like probably like 100 hours just into that multiplayer alone and you know, I think, like you were saying, maybe it is just that we're older now that I'm not really doing that with, with pure multiplayer anymore. Yeah. But, like, I think when a game does it right, it can it can keep you coming back. And I sure. think that's what they're all hoping they do when they add these multiplayer modes. They're hoping they can hook you into, like, all I want to play is Dead Space 2 because I love all these 40 Isaacs running around. Like, I think that's, like, <laughs> what they're hoping for is that that'll be, like, your thing. And I think no one has perfected it in that Call of Duty way. But maybe Tomb Raider will be the game. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of Call of Duty... Number three. Good transition. Yes. Uh, Black Ops 2 Revolution DLC details. This story is by our English friend, Daniel Krupa. It says, the first bit of DLC for Call of Duty Black Ops 2 has been leaked online. The expansion is titled Revolution. And if the leaked promotional images via MP first, that's a website, are to be believed, it will contain four new multiplayer maps and one new map for the Zombies mode. The new MP maps are called Hydro, Downhill, Grind, and Mirage, while the Zombies map is named Die Rise. And be able to run around levels wielding a new Peacekeeper submachine gun. Another leaked image states that the Revolution expansion will come to Xbox 360 on Tuesday, uh, the 29th of January. Tuesday, 29th of January. I don't like that that European dating system. It's confusing. <laughs> I don't like that. It's too confusing. 
uh, and will be exclusive for a limited amount of time. Uh, so PS3 gamers will obviously have to wait as It'll we be, do for all of Call of Duty maps. I believe it's 30 days. I believe they said D3. I think they're all... At least it won't be two 30. years like it is for Skyrim DLC. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's cool. I haven't played Black Ops 2 yet. It's uh, really good. I, I, I have no doubt about that. I, I, I love Call of Duty games. So like, See, well, I mean, you know that I don't. Like, you know, usually I put in the single player campaign and get a few hours in. I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. And this was the one that I sat there and beat on that one Saturday where I was just like, this is awesome. This is a great movie. And I, I like these characters. And Michael Rooker is awesome. Yeah, I don't yeah. play. Those are games I don't play online either. You like Treyarch specifically too, right? Call? Yeah, I like Treyarch yeah. better than the, I like Treyarch games a lot. Uh, the one thing that I would, I, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> going back to the multiplayer thing about how I want to play by myself, even with, uh, what was it, Spec Ops? Isn't that what the, the mode's called in uh, yeah. Call of Duty? Uh, the Call of Duty 4 was the first one with that. or No, Call of Duty and Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, 2, I think, I think yeah. right? I did all of the multiplayer missions by, by myself. <laughs> Except for the ones like the that you ones that you have yeah, to do. Yeah, you, you, there's two yeah. specifically that you have to do with someone else. Like, yeah. oh my god, I would toil over these things because they were not meant to be played by yourself. Like, I would, like, I would, I, it <laughs> would take me, it would, you find somebody to play with. It would with. take me like a day to do like a map. I'd be like crawling slowly through like the snow and like, it's like I, I had to like figure those, out exactly what to do. Those missions were really fun too with yeah. two people. I, yeah, that was the best part. I think they were fun by myself, but getting three stars in those missions, like playing them on like veteran or whatever it was, was so fun. Oh man, I've been trying to play Call of Duty on Vita a little bit. Uh, still trying to get those stars. Still gonna do it. Yeah. <sighs> That's a rough one. I yeah. beat like two of them on Veteran. I think you talked about our British friend there. Mm-hmm. We had another British friend writing to Beyond here. This is from Alex Simmons over in the IGN UK office. Hey Greg, someone sent in a load of books for Podcast Beyond. See picture. No idea why. What do you want me to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we want to give a shout out to whoever sent us like eight copies of. Salascape so Rest. I don't know what that is. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know much about it, but thank you for the books. Yeah, uh, I told Alex to either if you could if you could, if it was easy to send them to us or just give them away to his fans. Then we'll we'll get the Kindle version. Yeah, we have we have <laughs> lots of uh, fans over in the uh, England that will be happy to read a book. Yeah. Uh, number four. This is an interesting story. I mean, I think it was a, a kind of a foregone conclusion, but I didn't expect that it was going to happen this soon. Fezgal's multi-platform in 2013, also written by our British friend, Daniel Krupa. Highly acclaimed XBLA game Fez will be heading to other platforms in 2013. The man behind the mind-warping puzzler, Phil Fish, announced the news in a New Year's message on Polytron's website. In a reflective post, Fish looks back on the release of the game, but looking ahead, he wrote, quote, but what now? 2013 is going to be an interesting one, too. For one, Fez will finally be ported to other platforms. Yes, I've heard you. Dozens of people emailing me every day telling me how much of an idiot I am for not porting Fez to everything. End quote. <laughs> Fish doesn't specify what platforms, but expected to be heading to PC, PlayStation 3, and perhaps mobile and handheld devices, too. I would assume PS3 and PC are safe bets. Yeah. Maybe Wii U. Dude, it would be so good on Vita with the back <clears throat> touch, because the whole thing in Fez is that you're, like, spinning the world around. Like, while I was playing it, I was telling everybody how, how smart, like, it's the one time I've ever kind of wanted that gimmicky back touch feature, because it would work perfectly for it. Yeah. Fez is really great. I'll, I'll happily play it again for trophies if it, they put it on a PS3 or Vita. So now the question is, I have I just downloaded it to my 360. Do I just not even touch it? Not even worry about it. No, no play, play it now. Yeah. Yeah. How long yeah, is sure. it? I don't want to put in the hours on it. And then, it depends I mean, on how much you want to play. I mean, you if can, you're a crazy person, you can spend a lot of time yeah, with that game. exactly. But, but, I mean, you can play it for five to ten hours and really get the gist of it and have a great time and then sure. decide how far you want to go. Okay, okay. Yeah. Also, while we're on the we're on the uh, Phil email here, or talking about Phil, Phil Fish, hmm. uh, watch Indie Game the Movie. It's on Netflix on demand. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, he's one of the people in it. Yeah. Also, and uh, his g- story is just, geez, gut-wrenching as you watch him. Another, oh, he has great it. facial hair. Yeah, he does. Uh, I was going to say another good one is Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which we watched. Yes. Over, oh, yeah, we did watch it together. Wait, what's it called? Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I'm writing this down. Yeah, it's, it's really oh, good. yeah, Casey, you'll like it. 
It's it's all about the IGN philosophy. It is. It is, <laughs> it is very much about the IGN philosophy. Like wings and beard? No, no, no. Like, you know, living to work. Yeah. No, Never being really able to turn though. it off. Loving what you do. Yeah, it was great. Letting I, it break you. We, ruin your relationships with family. We watched, we watched it on uh, December 26th after the, the great turkey fry of 2012. Yes. Oh, it was the next day we watched it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember you put it on. I, was, I just sat down on the couch. I'm like, I'm going to go play Nino Cooney. I just want to see what this is. And then I just watched the entire thing because yeah. it, yeah. it was riveting. Yeah, we were. Even Mike Mitchell just sat down and watched. Like, oh, we were, shit, we were into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, shit, I don't know. It was about sushi. <laughs> Uh, the final uh, story is a THQ delisted from NASDAQ Stock Exchange uh, by our friend Andrew Goldfarb. THQ is no longer traded on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange following its bankruptcy filing in December. THQ stock has fallen to 23 cents per share as of the writing, uh, as of this writing, and will be represented by new stock symbol THQIQ. THQ stock will not be traded OTC over, over the, the counter. counter. You can pick as it up ex- at Walgreens. <laughs> as explained by Gamma Sutra, that means THQ, quote, THQ stock is not listed on an exchange and is instead traded over the telephone and electronically rather than on a physical trading floor, end quote. THQ previously enacted a reverse split of its stock to avoid being delisted by NASDAQ, which requires a minimum share price of $1. It won't be a concern for long, though, as given THQ's new deal with Clear Lake Capital Group, it will soon become a private company and its stock will no longer be traded. Most interested to see what happens with this company, because I, I feel like they could absolutely rebound if, if they kept all their resources and assets together, but I don't think that that's actually going to happen so yeah. we will see because they own i mean dude saints row itself is worth a fortune and volition is worth a fortune so if you could if you could build something around them plus homefront sold like three and a half yeah. million they own like all of these random they ceased a lot of them but uh, the third the uh the licenses that they the own blob. The, the blob was cool yeah they, um, they got that's the thing though they they jump ship on so many of their licensing things yeah, like, i don't know they, if they own anymore they, they got, they, they they're still the like, wwe people um, for now, yeah, they have WWE, but WWE issued this really weird statement Ooh. right around when, when THQ went bankrupt, and uh, there were rumors that Vince McMahon is like super upset with them, and that they owe him $50 million or something for the WWE license, and there's, there's I mean, THQ is a really complicated company right now, and like, until, because the court hasn't even approved that, that bankruptcy deal that they have, like, I mean, that, all that stuff with Clear Lake has to go through a bunch of, like, they have to leave it open for competing bidders, and that's why all that speculation about Ubisoft potentially buying their properties is up, but... I mean, everything THQ has, right? Like that Homefront deal they have to publish that. Like Homefront One did sell really well, but but will people come back for the sequel? Because a lot of people bought that game and then seemed to get burnt out on it, burnt out on it. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I I think South Park and Metro and some of these games they have coming out could do well, but probably not well enough to keep them afloat on their own. But if they have no if they have no stockholders to satisfy anymore and they keep it private, just with an equity firm, then I think you start small again and grow until you can go public again if you want. Yeah. It's just like they have too many licenses and too many studios that are not bad studios. So like it's just it's that you draw shit, man. Like and these licensed games, like they ruined everything with like a few bad choices. It feels and that's, like they've yeah they've always been on that line, right? Of just like they have some standouts, but most of the time it's just like all right, these are good games, okay. But then they take this one chance on you draw and put it out on PS3 and 360, and that's the end of that. It has been fascinating to watch this whole thing because this has just been basically since I started IGN. Like this had the you draw stuff was just happening right then. Curse. I was, I was exactly. I was, the, I was their downfall. If you leave, Dan- Danny Bilson will come back and fix everything. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've made some really big, uh, or taken some really big risks on very interesting things. Like even if you think about Darksiders, I mean, they built this huge sort of brand and they put all this marketing, uh, all these marketing resources behind that. I mean, it's it's by Vigil. Like before Darksiders, like were people like knocking down the doors for a new game from Vigil. Um, but on the flip side, you know, Metro looks great. Like you said, Company of Heroes 2 looks really great. Um, I don't know if 
But these you know? are all selling games that just don't sell. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know if I don't know if any one of these games is going to carry them. But I think all of them combined, uh, combined with uh, Saints Row and with uh, is South Park a South download Park. or is it a no, disc? No, no, it's real. It's, it's a disc. disc. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about South Park is like they. I feel like South Park is the one that could go in that direction because like, that's like a really hard thing to predict. I think South Park could be do gangbusters like if it's marketed right and if people catch onto it. And but the, the thing is like that's spring 2013. Metro and Company of Heroes are I think February. Like they're just going to get drowned by this sea of games coming out. Like there's so many games coming out in the next six months that it's like even in like optimal timing, THQ could maybe sell you know a few million copies of metro at best but like with all those other games coming out i just can't imagine i don't know i mean i think these games are right up to snuff with some of the bigger games that are coming out within the next 60 days so if they do come out um i mean the big thing like you know in the article that you wrote when they initially fired uh, chapter 11 there's a quote where he talks about like mgm filed chapter 11 two years ago and uh and then this year they released skyfall and then the hobbit and those are two of the biggest titles of 2012 um that's the big problem i think thq doesn't have a skyfall or right Hobbit right, or right, something right. To that they don't have a guaranteed triple exactly. a this is going to blow the doors no. off well i mean and they do in saints row 4 but it's like that that wasn't even going to be a thing like they were originally going to release enter the dominatrix as a saints row 3 expansion their financial troubles kicked in they were like oh now this is its own game it's going to make us so much money please hurry up volition and now it's like <laughs> like when is that game going to come out gta is coming out in spring like when can they release saints row 4 and have it do well yeah like that's the, the timing of that game especially is just crazy to think about because even if they get it out before GTA, which, I mean, it hasn't even been formally announced, no, so that, that's, that's never going to happen. That's not going to happen And if all. it comes out after GTA, like, I can't imagine it has a prayer. I wouldn't say that. But, again, like, is THQ going to hang their hat on Saints Row 4? I mean, Saints Row 4 will sell. But is it going to sell enough to get them out of this hole? Now, yeah. on the flip side, a Chapter 11 is a total reorganization of their business. And, you know, they don't have stockholders at that point that they'll be beholden to. So they'll have a very different bottom line. I, I imagine once all this is done that they're, they're going to cut a lot off the top as well. So right. um, there's a chance that they could reposition themselves after this year and maybe even next year uh, to make some smarter choices. But, you know, they've. They've proven that they don't make the best choices. Um, so I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah I think we'll I think see. you're right in the sense that when you don't have stockholders and you reset expectations and stop trying to be what is in essence like Ubisoft, like a, a sub EA but bigger than everyone else kind of publisher, which is what THQ was desperate to be. That when you when you reorganize and you have and you cut things off the top and you and you have Chapter Eleven and you're able to reorganize legally or whatever, then. I think that they'll be fine, to be perfectly honest with you. But I just don't know like what they're going to look like. And the, and the easy way out, especially venture capitalists come in and start trying to split the company up, is it just a Stella Studios? Yeah. And at least two of those studios people will buy. So. I agree. I think I think they'll end up like maybe they'll keep uh, you know Relic and Volition or something. Like I, I can see them getting rid of at least a couple of those. And it, there's definitely interest. I mean, uh, Ryan McCaffrey wrote an awesome article about who could potentially be interested in each of those studios, and it's actually pretty insightful. But even if they survive, I mean, what what's next? Like they have, they're they're sort of like a mid tier publisher, and yeah. that that's even at this point smaller. And then you know what? So they so they make they have, it. Then what they have like four games in that in that. No, no, document. no I know, like, but like what what does THQ look like in two thousand fourteen and fifteen? You know, they're yeah. going to have to make some intrinsic change or or find a Tom Clancy or something that they can attach themselves to and do something big with. So I think what they're what they're really putting their chips in is uh, Patrice Desolet, the Assassin's Creed guy. Uh, 1666 is his game that's all we know about it that is still a thq thing that's thq montreal that's somewhere in the horizon and i can see if that is like an assassin's creed type game i, I can see them trying to really really push that because of their stuff i mean they have that uh 
the Turtle Rock game, uh, they have that, and they have Homefront 2 just floating. Do you have that room. Turtle Rock game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Homefront Home Front 2 better not be uh, victimized by all this. That's all I have to say. Yeah. A, a, a super, I mean, I thought Chaos was fine, but a super capable studio like well, Crytek working on it is very exciting. Yeah, so. I mean, I think Crytek is the, probably going to be unaffected by this. I think the THQ owned studios are the ones that would probably be, you know, maybe somebody, a else that somebody else would pick Somebody else Yeah, but you have to understand yeah. that THQ has certainly not paid them everything that they're owed. Oh, yeah. I mean, THQ also <laughs> jumped out of the Itagaki thing. They jumped out of the Gamera Del Toro thing. Like, they're they're ditching some of those third-party deals they have. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see if uh, if they decide to go that way with Homefront and with um, some of the stuff they don't actually own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's it for the news. You, did, did you have anything that you wanted to discuss news that's newsworthy there? No, that right? was the news stuff, I think. Okay. Clements is still gone. That's news. <laughs> I heard he was coming back today, though. Oh, is he? He's, he was tweeting about his luggage. So. I think he's flying today, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good news. He's got to get back to that PC, to. play some Driver Starcraft. update. <laughs> DirectX 10. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's, it's funny because, you know, we're the PlayStation team. Colin and I, we're the PlayStation podcast. Uh, all of us. We deal a lot with the whole like Xbox 360, PlayStation thing, back and forth. It's all fun and tongue-in-cheek. I never realized how pissy these PC gamers are. I talk a little bit of shit on Twitter. Wait, and, and it's Mitch. just Yeah, me and Mitch, talk, <laughs> I, I talk shit to Mitch, and it's, man, I just get barraged with, you're doing it wrong. PC gaming is so much easier. It's, like, all right. it's, not, it's not easy. And I'm going to make a video next time I try to play something. It's, and then uh, we'll see. When I went to play Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, it was like a big thing. It was like a to-do. Yeah. Yeah, I, had, I had to find you instructions to use the... And that was, that was me playing Hotline Miami. It was... It was Mitch and Anthony and Altano standing behind me at my desk like, well, what happens if you click that? And then that crashed the whole thing. Yeah. And we, I reinstalled it. I, I tried deleting it from Steam and then installing it again. And I plugged in the gamepad I was trying to use. And then it made me restart Windows. So I come back into it. And then it's like, oh, well, you don't have the most recent driver. I download that driver. And it makes me restart Windows again. And then it says, oh, like the driver you have is not compatible with Hotline Miami. Please download the previous version of the driver. And I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's fun stuff. Yeah. And, and don't don't bother writing in angry. I don't I don't care what you play your games on. Enjoy your games. I hope whatever you choose to play on is what you play on. And have a great time with. I, and I know there's firmware for PlayStation Three and updates for Xbox and yada yada yada. So don't bother trying to point out the fact that everything does this. But PC gaming is dumb, and you're dumb if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, mm. we were in cryo sleep for a while. Mm. But if I woke up right now and took this penny yeah. into a store and right. said, "Good sir." I have a penny. Yeah. What games can I buy with it? What games are new in your shop? Where can I find out what games are You'd new? You'd be sure that this penny is worthless. Uh, you go to the official <laughs> list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Boo-doo-boo-boo-boo. Nice job. Uh, there you. are no retail games uh, this week, not surprisingly. Now, on the PlayStation blog, they have Jetpack Joyride listed as a new game, but that's not true because that came out like three weeks ago, so I don't know why that is. Uh, but it's free. Uh, yeah, but that's a PlayStation Plus thing, so that's... that's t- no. t- Oh, it's just free. free play, is must be selling, must free been selling right gangbusters. <laughs> you can get it, it for PS3 too, right? and PS3 yeah, yeah, they Vita pa- yeah. trophies. They patched it with trophies. That's that sucks because we reviewed it and I bought it for like four dollars. So that's good. Whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, Chrono Volt's a new PS uh, Vita game. Uh, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Is it? I'm I'm dead serious. It's free for PlayStation Plus. It's five bucks. I I'm gonna put up a video. I'm filming a video today about it and Jetpack Joyride. But for sure, I would I would spend five dollars for this for the Vita. It's fun so far. I'm only like. Not probably sub ten minutes in, but it's it's got a 
Great humor, really good cutscenes so far, goofiness. I mean, it's, it, let's be clear about what you're doing. You're rolling a ball around. It's, it's, it's one of those games. Like of, Marble Madness. Exactly, where yeah. you're trying to balance and collect stuff. But then it's got a little bit of Prince of Persia in there. If you fall off, you can put both fingers on the Vita screen and it rewinds and you know, eats up your Energon cubes or whatever the hell you're using. Ah, the Energon cubes. You can freeze things that are spinning. It's, it seems like a fun puzzle. I'm it's a really to weird sequel to Chrono Trigger, though. I just don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> they're taking the franchise in a new direction. <laughs> um, that's basically it. There's a bunch of new PlayStation Plus perks. Uh, NBA Jam on Fire Edition Damn. and Chrono Volt are both free. Uh, and discounts for Batman Arkham City, Infamous Festival of Blood, Assassin's Creed 2, Shadow of the Colossus, Bulletstorm, Sound Shapes, Tokyo Jungle, Skullgirls, and Touch My Katamari. Um, and a permanent price change for everybody on Amy. Don't buy it. Don't <laughs> buy it. Don't. Oh, you don't man. want anything to do with it. Man, that was uh, last year this time. Yep. yep. It was the, the great Amy debacle. Holy shit. What a game. <laughs> what, what did you give that? A two? A two, yeah. Uh, Fabian from Albuquerque writes in to beyond at IGN.com. He's about PlayStation Plus. I would love it if you guys kept a wiki like IGN does for the Borderlands 2 Golden Keys. I have a Vita now and would never like to miss a free game. Well, Fabian, thank you very much. We, the thing is, you know, PlayStation Plus switching stuff all the time. We do the news stories about what's new. Colin does an update every, uh, of the PlayStation Store every Tuesday. You can always find that on the PlayStation pages here. Uh, but a wiki you can create, Fabian. Anyone can create a wiki, so go out and create wikis, just like Ryan Hess did for Borderlands 2, which when his, yep. when his Vita broke, we got him a new Vita, just because he's a good kid. Because he built out that Virtue's Last Reward, and he's in my Borderlands Guild, which will be commencing in 13 I like how you days. Keep, you keep making a big deal about this Borderlands <laughs> Guild. It's, it's you, Ryan, and Mike Mitchell, and then a fourth floater. Whoever wants yeah, to get we, it's a broke-down guild. We can, we can never find the fourth person. I'm just trying to I get wanna the word out there. I want to do it. Well, I want to do it. I said I want to do it. Get to level 50. You said you'd help me, and then you never did. Oh, well, now it's getting sad. Yeah. You enjoying Goldfarb's store brand guild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get t-shirts made. We're the only guild meeting so, in real life every I am, day. I am going to say that Ryan and I are really into it. And then Mike Mitchell, we text him at like 11. We're like, hey, do you want to come fight this boss? He's like, he's no, like, I'm not home yet. I'm no. still trying to get home from work. See, it would be great if he did that. What he does is definitely, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And then two hours later, we're like, hey, you coming? And he's like, oh, yeah, hold on. I'm just grabbing some food. I'll be right there. And then like an hour and a half later, he's like, you guys still on? And I get it the next morning. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's so funny like guilt. that. He's funny like that. With the, yeah, he his time his his sense of time is a little is a little off. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah, yeah he's, a bit. he's always like, I have to go do laundry first. And I'm like, it's one in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> Where are you doing laundry? Uh, this past weekend, he his alarms aren't going off because he's on vacation, so you don't hear the the. And, then the, and the cat using the bathroom in the morning and shit. Yeah. There's like all these noises at once. This cacophony of, of sound. But, but the one thing he did have was his cell phone was on his ta- on his nightstand. We share a wall or whatever, and it was like vibrating. And I like woke up and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I like went like he, he keeps his room cracked so Chloe the cat can get in and out of his room. And uh, I like I'm like Mike, 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 like over and over again for like a minute and a half, like like louder and louder. And he's like, and then Simon's like, what? And I'm like, shut your phone off. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he just sleeps through anything. It's just yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, his, that his guy. cat, when I was sleeping on your couch, his cat at one point just came into that room and just scratched really hard on the side of the couch. And I was like, oh. And I just look at her. And she just stares at me for like 10 seconds and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus. You don't fuck with Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Re DeV on PSN writes into beyond at IGN.com and says, after winning IGN's Game of the Year, I'm very interested in playing Journey. But is it too late? Ten months later, is the zeitgeist over? Would my experience with the game be different to Ryan's when he reviewed it? 
No, uh, no, I don't think so. No, definitely play it. I mean, the only it's thing, an interesting question, but uh, no. yeah, it, well, it goes back to the whole talk of when we're talking about picking game of the year, or when I gave Uncharted a ten. I think when we set that expectation, then expectation, you go in expecting this perfect experience, this amazing experience. I don't think Journey's going to disappoint you. I don't. I, I don't. I, I know very few people who have played Journey and been like, nah. This, I, I know yeah, some. I mean, Journey. No, like, and they yeah, exist. I mean, it's like that game that is different for every single person. I mean, I was talking with Shane Satterfield, uh, who's the editor-in-chief of Game Trailers, and he just threw up his hands when I asked him about it. And he just said, oh, it's just a game where you you run around in sand and chirp. And that's yeah. like all it was to him, you know? Al- yeah. Altano was not super into it either. Like, I said, just... you have well, no Altano's soul. stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to each his own, because I have obviously notoriously weird taste in games, but but uh, <sighs> Journey, man. You played it late. You played it late. I played. Yeah, I did. I played it. The expectations were there. You already knew it was in the running for game of the year. Yeah, I knew immediately that. Like the the whole story is that I played Unfinished Swan and Journey back to back nights, and when I finished the Unfinished the Unfinished Swan, I was like, "This is the game of the year." to me and then i went the next day played journey i was like nope this is the game <laughs> you yeah. know so it was like it was just one it was like it was a fantastic weekend for games then for you me. played so, super hexagon then i played yeah. super, then, the next Maybe weekend i played the next the next game i, I played the walking dead uh, mm-hmm. so it was like a 10-day period where i played like the three best games of the year you you you, you set aside all the filet mignon mm-hmm. you just ate hamburger for all year long, and then you just had one. Yeah, well, I, when I think back, it's like, what was I playing all year? I bought that was that that was that that it's two all of your stupid Rainbow, 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 Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. There was the, there was the two week period where game. you're like, oh, this is great. Wow, what have I been missing? There was that two week period where I where I platinumed Prototype Two, Crisis, and Assassin's Creed Two, and like in that two week period. And yeah, but those aren't terrible games. No, no, and then and then and then I so that was like the last time I remember, and then and then games for work. You gotta play, you know, get to get through some games. Gotta play some games here. Um. But yeah, like I hadn't, I hadn't, because I, I think I told you, Casey, that I've abandoned the, the the playing games for bad trophies or just for trophies because there's just no time. Because what? even Didn't when you I, just say you're playing Call of Duty on Vita for like stars, or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I also because I have nothing on. to play on Vita and I'm saving Persona. You keep oh saying my that. God, you play said, Persona. Wait, 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 wait a second, you put off playing Persona Four Golden to, to try and grind he, stars in Call of Duty. I think classroom. it's I'm you know, gonna, you I'm know gonna like, have the last laugh here. You know, right like there. you know the crazy guy in your neighborhood who's like canned peaches, thinking the apocalypse is coming. That's Colin. Colin is ready for 2013 to be the most barren Vita landscape. So he, he wants... keeps saying, early 2013. Guess what? It's early 2013. Yeah. Play Persona. You should start Persona soon. There's other games I want to play. That's the answer to your uh, question. Uh, I think you're in denial, buddy. You say, what was I playing? You, you... <laughs> I, always, I constantly hear you and Greg talking I got the platinum for da-da-da. Like, what? Why would you even spend? And I get it. Trust me. I, I used to be an achievement uh, whore. But um, it, it waxes and wanes. We're coming out of this period right now where we've been so clean of the year, reviews, so much to do. It's uh, and I don't know. It's it's one of those we're gonna. It's that's gonna continue. That that's gonna continue here on to you know, the spring here as we get to. I think the, the summer's gonna be pretty empty. I think that's gonna be a good time that's for when us to, start to, kick to get everything we'll uh, catch up. But um, in answer to Zipty Doo's question, Zipty Doo. Um, yeah, it's, it's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late to play Journey. All right, um, also, in response to that, we had people tweeting at us this weekend, like, "Hey, I'm gonna play through Journey. Do you want to play through it with me?" And it's like it doesn't doesn't work. That's out not really how like multiplayer for, works. Yeah, yeah. Like, for somebody Do you who play Dark Souls together. Well, I mean, there might be people who really don't know. Like, if it just Journey is totally random. Like, if, if you're gonna play it, if you meet people it, it you might not meet anyone you might meet 20 different people it's totally random yeah psa casey yes sir over christmas over the break the holidays you played a lot of persona you started up you dusted off the vita i did updated the firmware i'm sure he blew it off like a dusty tune <laughs> yeah it's got how, how are you doing what where are you at right now who do you love what is your who's your girlfriend of choice um I, i'm not too far into it um i i think the people that uh i'm most curious about are yumi 
and um, and I'm just finishing the first castle, so I, I know that that's not super far. No, I don't no. But um, so I just went to the hospital with uh, Yumi. So you took a part-time job? Are you doing that? Or are you doing uh, – No, uh... I, oh, I have two jobs. I've, I'm an envelope folder. Yeah, envelope folder is my And then my I uh, translate as well. Yep. So both, both things great. I can do at my desk uh, at night. It's like one little thing that you can do. Yep. Um, this game sounds riveting. But uh, Dude, whenever I'm we talk about Persona, it sounds like the worst game in the world. <laughs> so like, I'm always so excited because I'll come home and read. I just sit down and I'll like, go so play in, in the, in the game, mind you, not in real life. Yeah, I go, I come home and I read a book yeah. about how to get my expression. It's, up. it's crazy. I um, so I went into the break with like a little less than 20 hours, and now I'm at 68 hours. Oh my and, god! And uh, I'm just about to finish my first playthrough. I think I'm in in February doing uh. There's there's one dungeon that you only get if you max out a certain person's social link. So I, uh, okay. I, I got well, that I got, one. I got Marie out of the Velvet Room. So oh my god, I I'm so in love with Marie. Dude, she's awesome. She's cool. So, she's but cool. I mean, the characters are all great. Yosuke's super He's fun and weird. Yeah. Um, and Chie, um, I love how like abrasive Chie is. She's just screaming at people. Yeah. Oh god, I'm so like I I love those characters so much. And like even like Nanako sitting at home waiting for her dad to come home. Oh, I know. Like, so and somebody tweeted at me, and I think they tweeted at both of us saying yeah, yeah. like, "Are uh, you two do you... fighting again?" Well, no, um, <laughs> no. They they said, do you, "Do you see sort of the similarity between uh, her and Clementine?" Oh yeah, and that, yeah, was, that was my one of the totally. first thing that I. Thought. My big yeah. thing was that I came off of reviewing. I mean, I don't, the timetable sync up here, right? Yeah, I came off of reviewing Walking Dead and being like, you know, everything The Walking Dead drags up in you emotionally, and then went into that game, and it to- that was totally the connection I immediately had with her. Is that I was again. Trying to look out for her, make her happy. Her got her deadbeat dad who doesn't want to come home <laughs> and say no. Yeah, right. Like, I've seen him like four or five times in the game. Yeah. Now, did you guys play the PS2 version? No, I did. Yeah, but I only did, you did do it. The review? No, no, no. Jeff okay. did. I saw, and it was one of those things. I had been late to the party on Persona Three, I think, or they came out close together. So it was one of those things for me that I and I love Persona Three. Loved, love, love Persona Three. So when I started Persona Four, it didn't click for me right away because I was kind of like, oh, these aren't the Persona Three characters, and yada yada yada. And then I got I'm caught up in my own reviews. Myself. I do miss that. That was a much better way of summing your personas blowing your head off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, so I didn't either, and I, I feel like not having had that experience, like I am loving it on Vita. Like I yeah. feel like it's perfect for Vita. I love the fact that I can just stop it and it just goes right to sleep, and I, I don't have to do anything to start it up again. I just boom, and I'm right back into the game. Right. Um, and it, you know, I mean, it doesn't have any, you know, back touch stuff or it doesn't feel like it was necessarily made for handheld but it to me is the perfect handheld uh type of a game yeah yeah i mean so that's much what i want out of a vita game i don't want it to have the game like if it, if it appropriately uses the the touch screen and all the other stuff sure but it's like i like the fact that developers are comfortable making it for just a powerful handheld with a pretty screen basically like yep. that's all you need to do all right, good. Persona Four, still good. It's so good. We get oh a lot God. of tweets of people. I want you, you. I finally broke down and bought it because of you guys. And yeah. it's one. It's funny right now. More, more and more people are getting infected in the office. It's moving like a yeah. virus. And, and we were talking about today, and Megan Sullivan yelled out from database about it. They're like, <laughs> yes, Colin, everyone um, is playing this. I think the thing that would be appealing to you, in addition to the interesting story, there's um, numbers in it. Is well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say there's so much depth to it. Like uh, yep. pretty early on, I would say in the first four or five hours, you start to discover all these different systems. There's skill cards. There's obviously the personas, um, but there's just all of this depth. Like you, you trade or you, uh, you register your personas into this compendium, and then you can actually. Um, 
you do the forecast thing and then yeah, you, and you confuse them. So it's like there's well, there's standard and then there's triple and uh, yeah, and eventually you get so you start out with normal and triangle. Eventually you get cross or and triangle, yeah, sorry. pentagon and whatever else. Like yeah, there's yeah. A, there's like several different fusion methods and like there are all these different types of personas. It's like Pokemon basically. There's like different types of personas and you can put two together and they might make a different type. And then you're trying to complete this. Like one of the trophies is getting 100 percent in the compendium. I'm 84 percent. If you were curious, I have no doubt that it's that it's good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you I'm gonna have the last laugh when you guys have nothing to play but kill zone mercenary next year but guess what we vita. just won't yeah. be playing the vita but i need so. something to do on my commute no, that, that's when i'll go back and i'll finally get my plants versus zombies platinum see that and, and that's the other thing if you're committed to beating persona like you're and you're only chipping away down in your commute really yeah play. you know what i'm playing on my commute right now uh black ops the classified you want me to guess yeah is it a vita game or is this gonna be some dumb iphone it's a, it's a, it's a vita game okay let me think casey you can take yes think think about it. i don't want to i don't want to say vita you're just talking about declassified we received it. Oh, oh, right. Can, can I even talk about that? Yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. All right, we're talking. You're playing Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My pl- mm. my plan over break was the Platinum DC Universe, and then start, and then I'm sorry, then do all the Sly collection, and then get into, then be ready. To, that <laughs> the whole Sly collection is like 25 hours. At I least. know, I know. Um, I'm still gonna do that. It's still a plan is to go through the Sly collection. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've been playing Sly for. I mean, all I did during break, game wise, all I did was play Nino Cooney. Yeah. Um, but uh, I played a little bit of Sly. I'm um, only a few hours into the game. It's, uh, I like that. It's we can't talk about it really yet. But, well, we uh, can't. I mean, we did a live stream. Yeah, that's true. And I so mean, you've we've seen... live streamed. I think as much as you've played. Yeah, probably, if it's, not a bit it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. And I just want to reiterate because I said it. You know, I can't really talk specifically about the game past 12 hours. But Nino Cooney's. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> it's very good indeed. It's very and good. It's indeed. got more going for it than just the the awesome looks. Oh I yeah, mean, um, it's a Pokemon game itself. I think exactly yeah. what it is. I'm but... worried about it because I'm I, it's I'm thinking Persona Three, Persona Four, PS2 conundrum for me. Am I going to come into Nino Kuni and be like, well, I'm already so invested in Persona Four, I'd rather do that, or I'm just so burned out now in JRPGs, I don't want to jump in. Yeah, the beauty of Nino Kuni reminds me a lot of Pokemon because I, I I loved Pokemon. Um, I'm a little over it now, but uh, I think it's called Pokemon. Pokemans, yeah. but you know, the Pokemon was cool because you could collect like you know you can get you can collect your Badoof and shit and get it to level ninety nine if you want. But but you could ignore you could ignore everything and really just get what you want. Maybe you can probably get through the game with ten Pokemon uh, pretty easily. And so you can do the same thing in Nino Kuni, which is cool too. Plus, there's this whole system where your your guys can fight it in addition. You know, your characters can fight in addition to the character so there's some you know dynamics in, you in, can, in the fighting uh, system. It's very do good. the same thing in Persona Four, just you know. Um, sure. But Nino Kuni has this thing going on too with the the kid, and which I mean it's different, but it, it reminds me a little bit of the vibe from Unfinished Swan, like where you've got this this kid that's in peril, and you know he's lost a parent, and I, I don't know, I I'm in love with that game, and I, I only played it last year at E3, and so I'm very eager. I've kind of just sort of kept myself on lockdown from learning too much about it since I did that last preview um, back in June of last year so i'm very excited to play it yeah i think uh you know needless to say our review will go up in a few weeks but needless to say uh you're gonna want to pay very close attention to that game tony wortman writes into beyond at ign.com he says what is the one trophy that you grinded the most to get minus assassin's creed brotherhood reaching level 50 in multiplayer eight of us would do a circle slap for hours on end it took forever (laughs) thanks tony I don't. I don't know the specific one trophy. I mean, platinums for sure, but not like specific like bronzes. Or I silvers. mean, mine is an achievement, but uh, Mile High Club in oh, Call of Duty Four. I it is totally embarrassing how much time I put into getting yeah. that. But I got it and it felt great. Yeah, I mean, oh, I didn't break my TV either. How many times did it take you? Like probably like literally one thousand. Like it. Oh. it 
I oh. can't even explain how many times I played that. I would come home from class and just like, <laughs> it would be like 4 p.m. and I would just be sitting there grinding away at it. Because I'm not like great at Call of Duty games, but I did, uh, I maxed out the achievements on that game just playing through on Veteran. And like, it was all just grinding basically yep. for me. Case. Uh, I would say that would be one of my most memorable ones too. And um, I did a feature when I was at Official Xbox Magazine on it. It took me 63 times. Oh, wow. Which in real life feels like a thousand yeah, I think sure, if you yeah, do yeah. the same thing 63 <laughs> times over and over it, mine may be less than a thousand i don't know but i it, it definitely felt like it was a thousand like i it took me multiple days of just trying over and over and over and over again i would say two of the worst achievements though um you know i know we're talking about trophies but whatever um tomato tomato one of them it was the original mass effect to get the achievement for playing through the game with playing through quote most of the game with the same party yeah. where you're like what's oh, yeah. most of the game <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's... how do I figure that out yeah and... the original Mass Effect getting all those tro- all those achievements was like I had to actually do like five like full playthroughs because you had to go through and get all of the biotic stuff and you had to go through again and get each of the separate things yeah like... you couldn't use you couldn't in the original Mass Effect, you can't order your teammates to do something and it counts which I think in Mass Effect 2 and 3 you could so like the biotic yeah. attacks counted if you went into your wheel and told Miranda exactly. to do something, but in Mass Effect One, it was you like had you, you had it. to do it. Yeah. And so, if you're playing as a soldier, you couldn't do anything. Yep. Yeah, like it was. And the yeah. other one that really sucked <sighs> for listeners, if you guys got this one, high fives to you. But and I never got this. Uh, my buddy Kyle, his little brother, got this. But in Guitar Hero Three, there's an achievement for beating the entire game, uh, not using a guitar controller, but using the oh, regular yeah. gamepad. Oh God, <laughs> which like defeats the whole purpose of playing the game. And when I watched <laughs> him playing it, it just looks like a terrible experience. So. so I believe I have that achievement, but I think it's because it was glitched. I think there was a way, if you plugged in like a third-party controller, it just popped up. <laughs> I believe is what happened, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the biggest grind platinum was, I think, Heavy Rain. Uh, yeah, oh. Heavy Rain would be a crazy one. Heavy Rain was hard, man, because you had it. Did you, you not use a gun? Um, I did. I mean, I beat the game by myself, and then I did it. But you had it. Remember, you had it. Yeah, you had, to, you had to perfect create, playthrough. For yeah, like, you had to create yeah. saves and like go backwards through the game because like it would save over everything you did beforehand. Man. It was like a massive pain in the ass to get. Uh, that It trophy. was one of my favorite platinums to get Heavy Rain because I remember I, it, I I had the review build when we had it, and I skipped that Super Bowl to play, sit there and do it because I'd beaten it that morning. And then it was like, I bet if I did this because they were all hidden and there was no guide. There was there that was, was the beauty out. of it. They were all. All hidden. Yeah, every one of those trophies. To, you try to tweak little things. I love that. I had so much fun with that one. A, but, uh, a recent one is a uh, hardcore Zet fan in Persona Four Gold. Right. I thought you would write that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Uh, oh God, I finally got that over the weekend. But you have to hear. Uh, so you you have Teddy right now doing your navigation stuff, right? Yeah. Early in the game. So like, imagine eventually you have the option of having this other character doing that. Imagine every single time when it's like, oh, senpai, your health is low, and oh, you're affected by poison, you're affected by utterbation, you're affected. You have to hear every single one of those for every single character. Uh, so you have to hear 250 different navigation lines throughout the game, which is like, it's it's like totally <laughs> insane to try and grind. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I know I got that. Uh, for me, like, yeah, it's platinums and stuff. I mean, I just did DC Universe over the break finally. You poor uh, bastard. I finally, it's awesome, and now I'm so, I'm, and I'm so re addicted to DC yeah. Universe online, and I just I can can't see wait that. to get home and play more. That's what happens to me every time I go back to Borderlands to try and get back up to 100. percent I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm so sick of this. I want to do it, and I play for 10 seconds. And I'm like, yep, back into Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one is probably my longest platinum, I'd imagine. But that's because I've put, I'd already put like. 250 hours into the game before I was like, no, I want to play it. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know how long that really took. Hey, but, real quick, real quick before we move on though, yeah. though, we talked about Heavy Rain. The one thing I want to give Heavy Rain a lot of credit for, the trophies, is no trophies until the loading screens. And I really hope that more games start to do that. I, I like you had to kind of wait and be patient oh, to right, see if right. you actually so did it. Didn't or not. Ruin your thing, yeah, maybe. there was no nothing until until the creepy Ethan Mars loading screens. And I and I really uh, I really enjoyed you that like technique that because it 
it didn't take you out of the experience? Yeah, it made me like I care because I'm, I like trophies, and so it, it kind of first of all made me like a little. I'm like, oh, did I get it or not? Like I have to go through like 50. <laughs> but it also, yeah, it was when I'm point when I'm when you're playing heavy rain by itself and you don't care about that shit. And most people don't. I think that it's the most immersive way to 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 do trophies, and I assume that Beyond Two Souls will be the same way. But mm-hmm. I haven't really seen any other games do that. Shout out then for me to the uh, Dead Rising trophy of kill. Oh, however, oh, genocide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Driving I, through the tunnel with the that truck. Was, that was awesome. before I worked yep. at IGN. I'd come home from the newspaper and turn on the 360 and just sit there in the tunnels driving yeah. around. Yeah, drive the zombies. motorcycle to it and then drive it all yep. the way through, then get out and then make it respawn and do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for so long. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, my most memorable trophy, I guess one trophy of all time, would be Infamous All the Blast Shards, the original mm-hmm. one, where I still have the. I, everybody's heard the story, I'm sure, it, most people at least for me, when I was reviewing it. And I was just going for trophies. Uh, no guides existed, obviously. So I had to take digital photos of my TV screen, <laughs> then print out the digital photos. And then I went home and went building by building and circled the building and crossed them out in red marker to find the final blast shard. <laughs> and so still couldn't good. find it. because I did it the entire map, couldn't find it. It was the ones on the docks. I found the next day with Chris Roper watching and lost my mind. Yeah, it was, those, well, those, <laughs> those maps are still on a pillar here at IGN. Uh, in two, it tells you when one is close. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that, one, that, yeah. That, yeah. And the blue color on the HUD is the same exactly. color as the water. And so there was like two that was like, where are they? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate Fox fixed that later. Great on. game, though. That infamous. Great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait to see what the sucker punch is up to next. It's Vita. a cart racer. Can't okay. wait for the whoever's been farmed out to do the infamous for Vita. Someone. Nihilistic. Pat Vita. <laughs> no! <laughs> what about that infamous multiplayer, right? Oh, my. Th- I'm sure they'll do it. I mean, that's what that, that was. That, that was their attempt of... with UCG, like the user-created content. Yeah. They were like, All right, maybe people will make their own levels and stick around. It makes sense, I guess. And some of them were game. funny. Like some of the user-created ones actually were pretty clever. But, they uh... added in stuff late. That was the problem. Is like yeah. they didn't have like the cutscene stuff ready to go, and I think that would have helped out a lot. Sure. Yeah, my my, sta- my stage was one of the first I think up. Get a trophy. But it was like it was it was so <laughs> terrible because I'm just not very good at like you know the, the tools are just too complicated for me. I'm just like I don't. This isn't easy enough. That's how I'm a little big planet. Like I'm so proud of myself when I make like like your level. So you your oh, the original Huey the- level was that you fell down and got all the bubbles in a little big planet, and you like you carved into like the land to make that happen. Like yeah. first time I did that, I was like, oh my level's so cool. It has like a ravine you go into, and then I like boot up a random like I'm feeling lucky level or whatever, and it's like the most incredible ornate thing. And I'm like, I will never exactly. Yeah. There's so there's never people who are so talented in those tools. Yeah. Hey Colin, mm. what do you say we end the show with something special? Okay. Uh, Chris G, aka CR for Zed Chris. Mm. He writes in and says, I wish the Beyond crew a very happy new year. And my only request is that I get a shout out before I ship off to Navy RTC boot camp on January 3rd. Shout out. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to Chris G. Beyond. Beyond, beyond, beyond. beyond. Thank you for your service. Good luck to you. I hear they're nice in boot camp, so I wouldn't worry about much. (laughs) Bring your PlayStation 3 and Vita. I I hear it's a breeze. I love that. Ask your drill sergeant about Persona 4. You you can all play ad hoc Mod Nation racers. It'll (laughs) be great. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Podcast Beyond, episode 273. Remember to be part of the show, beyond at IGN.com. Then you show up at IGN. Remember, that's the big deal. We do the podcast it's fun you enjoy it you download it for free unless somebody's tricking you with the podcast pass don't buy it don't believe it you can get this for free uh but come to ign read the videos watch the articles <laughs> there's more podcasts there too thank you follow ign on twitter at ign follow me at game over greggy colin is no taxation garfep it's Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I was telling, Christine was asking me what the origin was, and I explained that. And then I I, expl- I was t- telling her, every time I say it on Beyond, I eventually, yeah, my brain immediately says Garfep and then tries to say Andrew Garfield. It's, <laughs> like, it's, my brain wants to split, spit that out as fast as possible. It's just Greg always regrets fucking elderly people. That's, that's, that is the acronym for it. <laughs> and then Casey Lynch, 
Lynch Tacular on Twitter? That's correct. Yeah, okay, That's great. That's the one. Uh, good. That was a close one. <laughs> I, I wish that when I started putting in a t- any Twitter name, it, it would start to guess what I was trying to guess. Not just my friends. You yeah. ever do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you're, especially now, to send a direct message to someone you're not like, you haven't corresponded with before, you have to type in their Twitter name rather mm-hmm. like it doesn't auto find them. That's really annoying. Too. Come on, Twitter. Yeah, what yeah, are you doing? Uh, Clements usually plays us off with a song that you send in and submit to Beyond at IGN.com. I didn't have time to find a song. Colin wanted me to show him how a man plays Mega Man 3. <laughs> That's what I had to do. <laughs> I didn't get around to picking a song. So, Casey, give. Would you, would you, do you want to sing or do you want to give the beat and have Goldfarb? Goldfarb can give you a beat and you can freestyle. Or you can give him a beat and Goldfarb can freestyle. I'll, I'll do the beat. All right. Oh, my God. I can't freestyle. Okay. You, you ready? What am I freestyling about? Uh, the Halo 2 cup marrying <laughs> It'll be this persona. Chinatown Wars tape dispenser. Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a Chinatown. I think that's just a tape dispenser with a sticker on it. I'm aware I made that at the old office. You made it? Yeah. One, two, three, go. I'm a Halo 2 cup and I love some tape, especially with a sticker on the back of the tape. <laughs> Chinatown Wars and we're going to get married if it's legal today. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.